Hello, I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. We've discussed HR1 on this show before. I encourage everyone who hasn't to listen to episode 161 with Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall for more on the substance of Congressional Democrats' proposed takeover of everything tangentially related to elections. And today we are again. It's that important. Joining me today is my boss, Capital Research Center President Scott Walter, who testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee Subcommittee on Federal Courts, Oversight, Agency Action, and Federal Rights on, among other things, the donor disclosure rules that are replicated in H.R. 1. Uh, Scott, thanks for joining us. Great to be here, Mike. Uh, so now, if you could briefly summarize what the hearing was about. Sure. The chairman of this particular subcommittee is Sheldon Whitehouse, Democrat from Rhode Island. Uh, who he, has, he's, a, he's a peach, isn't he? <laughs> he's a real sweetheart. Um, and he has a, I, Vendetta doesn't do it justice, obsession. He has an obsession with the Federalist Society and all other conservatives, groups of any kind that have any relationship to the courts. And his claim is that uh, they have evil corporations who give them money, dark money, pardon oh, yes, me. Very dark, very dark. Um, and that that's why uh, people who would appear to have very principled understandings of the Constitution and interpretation of the Constitution and would seem to believe that the judiciary should not be invading every aspect of uh, Americans' lives, um, are in fact doing what they're doing. It's all the evil corporate dark money. So he is obsessed with trying to force disclosure of, of donors in this space. And, and so, this, and this relates to in in HR one, the the elections legislation would require uh, groups that talk about electoral uh, uh, electoral uh, activities, you know, five hundred one c four social welfare groups. Uh, if HR one passed, they would have to disclose their donors. This is very similar. Also, you have um, you know. Federal Society is not one of these organizations, but there are there are similar organizations, uh, uh, Judicial Crisis Network on the right, Demand Justice on the left, that uh, even if they're not necessarily engaged in electoral speech, they're engaged in advocacy speech, uh, and they might get roped in with something like HR one, and certainly Sheldon Whitehouse, Senator Whitehouse, would like to expand that disclosure to uh, uh, to just discussing nomination nominations and the way that the court should operate. Absolutely. And he has, of course, multiple bills of his own, the Disclose Act, the Judicial Disclosure Act, etc., which overlap heavily with HR. HR1, of course, is the giant grab bag of all crazy uh, right. left-wing you know, ideas. Again, go back to episode 161 with uh, Attorney General uh, Marshall. You know, we discussed uh, uh, voter ID. We discussed uh, again, disclose. You know, donor disclosure, um, and that just scratched the surface of of HR one. But back to back to back to White House and back to the hearing. Yes. So the problem for old uh, Senator White House, however, is that you know he's he, this is a really old uh, dog and pony show that he's done countless times. He's done multiple reports. On these things, the, the ostensible report we were uh, related to that hearing was a 55-page beauty um, put out by an actual official Democratic Party entity. That that so not even the pretense that this is some serious research. It's just hack partisanship, um, which is why while it used the words dark money, 
almost two dozen times in its 55 pages, it never actually gave you a careful uh, legal description, which you think in a judiciary yeah, committee you'd, hearing, you'd think that you would want some. You might want to have a legal, you know, what legal, legal thing legal are we talking yeah, about? C3s, C4s, C5s, C6s, C9s, donor advice fund, blah, who knows? But um, the other thing it did is, with one glancing exception in those 55 pages, there wasn't the least acknowledgement that, gosh, there might be money like this, whatever this exactly we're talking about, all the thises, there might be money on both sides, with one little tiny exception where it said in passing, um, though this was created by, uh, dark money was invented by Republicans, but now there are some Democratic-leaning groups connected to it. Now, but, but it, I, Yeah, but I was going to say, I suspect that, that that sum is now very much. <laughs> well, here's the irony that, that, well, first of all, it it explicitly said that Republicans invented this. I think Leonard Leo did it in a lab uh, somewhere, but uh, maybe around China, I don't know. But um, it gave, of course, no evidence for that amazing claim because, of course, it's a complete lie. Hmm. There isn't, whichever of the different flavors of money, dark right, money we're talking, we're talking about, about. ideological donor advice funds, we got to go back to the Tides Foundation on the left yes. back in, what, the 80s? Uh no, the set at the end of the 70s, it's 25 years before the conservative leaning donors trust donor advised fund provider. 25 years before that. Oh, and then there's the amount problem too. In these five years, the report was obsessed with um, the Tides Foundation actually gave out twice the money that donors trust gave out. So, in and every then, way then, you measure, it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, and then you have the Arabelle advisors network that we've discussed on this show multiple times um you have you know any number any number of ent uh, of entities and so 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 set the stage senator whitehouse has this dog and pony show he's got this great very factual not at all biased in any way report uh that says that republicans are evil and then he's got his witnesses yes so uh, he, of course, the Democrats got three witnesses. The Republicans got two. Uh, I was honored to be one of the two. But of the three Democrat witnesses, you had a Harvard uh, law professor to talk some of the cases because the idea is that there are a bunch of evil cases that should have right. been decided the way they were. Um, but then the other two were more obviously ideological. One was Ben Jealous, head of the people for the American way. Former Democratic nominee for governor of Maryland. Uh, unsuccessful. Unsuccessful. Yes, against a Republican. which Against a Republican in Maryland. So that shows he's got great political chops. But um, And then uh, Lisa Graves, who is the founder of the Center for Media and Democracy, which is most uh, famous for producing the SourceWatch website. And, and doing uh, other coup really... Especially the further back you go in their history, they are they are kooks. <laughs> uh, it pretty little flaky, little flaky. She also gave like a thirty-five page written testimony, so she's not a believer in concision. Um, <laughs> but she in both in the written testimony and even more in the oral, you could see the real fear in her voice as she said, because uh, of course they got to go before oh, yeah. our side got to go. Um, there was real fear in her voice as she said, ah. Uh, I, I, I think there may be somebody at this hearing who's who's going to say that there's more dark money on the left. And of course, she knew perfectly well I was going to say that. Yeah, because that, that was in your that was in your written testimony because it's obviously material to what's, <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> and and it's something we've been saying for quite some time. Except that we don't just say it. But you know, oddly enough, she just says things, but there's not much to back it up of any kind. Just like in the Sheldon Whitehouse's report, which by the way leans heavily on Center for Media and Democracy 
research. Um, so you can see the real fear because, you know, Mike, this is what I love. The left is so used to being able to claim the moral high ground on issue after issue. And boy, do they love to claim the moral high ground on dark money, which of course was a silly term coined a decade ago by a lefty group. Um, but when you actually start putting the facts out the way Capital Research Center does in your great reports and and other your our colleagues, colleagues here, reports. <laughs> um, it really unnerves them because, you know, Mike, here's a crazy theory I have. You know, if you can just claim the moral high ground, we're honorable and noble, and these conservatives are, you know, evil scum, then we don't really have to let the evil scum give their arguments for things like, in this case, the way the Constitution ought to be interpreted. So it's almost like if there were a level playing field, the left fears that its arguments wouldn't win the day. And that's why it's so important to cancel and silence conservatives. Cancel and silence people. And that brings us to, again, the questions of disclosure and what Mr. Whitehouse did. Uh, so uh, my understanding is that Mr. Jealous... Uh, was asked by was was he would which Ted well, Cruz? So he's asked by Senator Cruz, Republican of Texas. Uh, would you you know you are here in support of, do of mandatory forced donor disclosure, contrary to longstanding legal precedent established by the NAACP v. Alabama case back in the fifties? Uh, so will you right now, right here, disclose your donors or your top five your your top five five donors and? How did he respond? Well, yeah, I will. Uh, I, I just wrote Sheldon Whitehouse a letter about this, which people should go to our website for some chuckles. I will quote you the, the question of Cruz. It was, will you today tell this committee your top five donors and how much they've contributed? To which Mr. Jealous replied, we'd be happy to disclose that. Absolutely. Don't have it on me. We'd be happy to disclose that. And then a little bit later, uh, in response to another question that he got uh, from Chairman Whitehouse, Jealous said, uh, "He, I invite Mr. Walter to take the same challenge from Senator Cruz that I accepted to disclose the top five donors. Now, Sheldon didn't let me answer that because Sheldon didn't ever engage me, not for one single word. Oh, right. No, he's there, he's there for his, for for what, what we often in Washington, D.C. call a dog and pony show. And when the fact that he got an opposition witness who actually knew what he was talking about is not what he was probably expecting. <laughs> yeah, no, the whole hearing went pretty sideways for him. And in fact, uh, I did not receive a single hostile question from any Democratic member of the committee, uh, even though, again, they all had my testimony ahead of time that it's not shouldn't have been hard. Why didn't the Center for Media and Democracy help those guys out? <laughs> but uh, so... As you see from what I quoted there, Mr. Jealous, absolutely, totally, no conditions. Yeah, he literally apologized. He couldn't do it that instant um, and promised to do so. Now, hilariously, a few days after the hearing, however, uh, I and two other conservative groups, uh, our, our Capital Research yeah, Center and two other conservative Center. groups, got these cutesy little notes from Senator Whitehouse um, asking us to uh, in a in the interest of mutual transparency, wants us to provide the same disclosure that people for the American way agreed at our hearing to provide. Um, and of course, that was fatuous because first of all, two of the groups that he sent the letters to were not at we're the hearing and there. and are on the record quite rightly as saying they're not going to do it. NAACP v. Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> affirming that donors should not be government should not force donors to be disclosed. That's an evil recognized in. Const yeah, yeah. in Supreme Court law yeah, for yeah, half a century. Um, 
And uh, and of course, I, on the other hand, did testify at the hearing explicitly that I opposed yeah, this opposed evil. Yeah, opposed it and wanted to defeat it. <laughs> so I think the really, the, the hilarious thing going on here is uh, probably Mr. Jealous, who only very recently took over at People for the American Way, He'd previously been at the NAACP, and he probably got screamed at by his people saying, how dare you say that? We're not going to give up our top donors. And so they fled to good old Sheldon. And between them all, they concocted this thing. I know we'll ask some of the right wing groups to uh, give their donors out. And when they don't do that, then you can say, well, I don't have yeah, to, I don't no. have to keep my promise. Right, right. Even though I said I do it right here, right there. Right? Exactly. So now uh, my understanding is that neither Mr. Jealous nor we are going to have Mr. Jealous's case have, in our case, intend to uh, uh, provide those provide, numbers. That's right. That. But let me quote you one more thing that he said. And by the way, uh, Lisa Graves, Center for Media and Democracy, said essentially the identical thing at the hearing. But in the case of um, in the case of uh, Jealous, this is how he put it. Um, uh, the hypocrisy you see from the right is they claim that there's more dark money on the left. Yeah, crazy, wild claim backed up by backed nothing. Up by lots, back, uh, in fact, that... Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> our claim is backed up by lots of data and reports, and you can go read them on our website. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, we claim that the righties claim there's more dark money on the left, and yet they refuse to be transparent. It would seem that if it were that if the first were true, the more dark money, then the second would be a no-brainer. Now, what does this mean? There's only one possible logical inference from that. Disclosing donors has a real potential to hurt the organization that receives the money and the donors who give the money. So therefore, disclosure is a weapon to hurt people. And if there's more money to be disclosed on the left than the right, then we should be in favor of hurting the lefties with that donor disclosure. So they are admitting our point, yeah, which they're is admitting, they're that admitting, it's they're admitting a weapon. that it's a weapon. And I mean, you know, you don't have to be the deepest believer in a rising cancel culture to see that certainly there is organized pressure. And I mean, we've done some of the research that we've done has shown that roughly four to one, uh, there's a roughly four to one disparity in sort of the the public policy giving the the in the in the C three right, flavor yeah, yeah. of nonprofits. The C three the 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 C3 flavor of nonprofits, but a lot of you know, but that shows just sort of how much more uh uh at professional activism and that's again before we get into things like the trade unions, uh the how much professional activism there is on the left. And when you have that much professional activism that you can marshal and manipulate i mean you can you can lay a knife you know you can lay a knife on the table uh, the 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 knife of donor disclosure on the table and even if theoretically the knife to be wielded by the right is bigger if there are more people who are able and willing to wield the knife on the left then that shows you why they're doing what they're doing because they know what they would do with it Absolutely. The uh, we the Washington Freedom Foundation, which fights the SEIU, or I should say helps people trapped in the SEIU get out of the well, SEIU. And, and, well, and, and fights the SEIU because the SEIU does things, these are all allegations that they have made in courts of law, like forge signatures on union authorization cards. Exactly. But the, what, what I was going to go for on that was that there are board members of the Freedom Foundation in Washington state who have had SEIU thugs on their lawns at five o'clock in the morning. Now, let me tell you, 
George Soros, for instance, or Tom Steyer, do not have to worry about their palatial estates having Heritage Foundation staffers with bullhorns at five o'clock in the morning. So uh, that's why in my little letter to Sheldon today, declining his kind invitation, uh, I said, not only does your side have more groups fighting these fights, and not only have those groups existed for far more years, and not only have those groups possessed far more dark money, they also, on your side, have more mobs. Yep. Yeah, no, that's and then that's that's ultimately the crux of it. That the ability to marshal, you know, obviously most most clearly things like, yeah, sending the union, you know, sending the union mob to to somebody's somebody's lawn, but also things like the social media, uh, you know, the, the ability to marshal social media, the ability to marshal um, you know, even the even the empty threat of boycotts, because of course all the people in, say, a business communications department are all young woke liberals, even if the management and owners of the company are not necessarily or would rather be even would rather be neutral. You know, the the people who are ultimately making these publication decisions are part of this woke capitalism that we discussed with Stephen Suckup a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, in fact, though, as I said, I was, you know, you helped murder board me. I, I, all my staff attacked me for 90 straight minutes with the hostile questions we were expecting to get at the hearing. And uh, one of the points I was going to make if I had ever been allowed to engage with the senator on this stuff is uh, because it only happened a week or so earlier, namely, uh, the mobs on the left include the richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos, because his Amazon Prime had just canceled a fair, uh, even-handed documentary about Clarence Thomas, who, of course, was attacked in the Center for Media and Democracy's uh, witness mm-hmm. at the hearing. Not Actually, not only him, but also his wife attacked. Uh, and then you have Bezos and his little thugs canceling a very fine documentary about Clarence Thomas. So obviously there's a problem. Now, I, well, we should go, I want to go on the record and say that that while the left is certainly uh, has more mobs, there are crazies and oh, sickos oh, across the spectrum, oh, of and that and that's horrible. I don't want to see anybody uh, shooting right, up that's, any left wing headquarters. That should be a sign that we, you know, these protections are for everyone. Exactly because there are because there are nuts out there, and we don't want nuts to have the means by which to hurt people. Absolutely. And by the way, that explains the last part of this that's valuable, namely the fact that uh, the NAACP to this day is explicitly opposed. There's a a reason that People for the American Way and Center for Media and Democracy, one of which hasn't been a, you know, they were a big deal in the 80s when they were attacking Robert Bork, but they've they've become less so on these days. And Center for Media and Democracy, who were up in Madison being, you know... The boonies of Wisconsin. Well, I mean... You know, the, the crazy, you know, when you think of like crazy liberal college towns, it's like Berkeley and Madison and they're in Madison. Um, the, you know, that it's them two and not somebody from the American Civil Liberties Union or like you mentioned, the NAACP, because the American Civil Liberties Union 
doesn't want this sort of disclosure. Yes, and by the way, one more big, uh, the biggest LGBT group, Human Rights Campaign. I don't agree with them on a lot of things, but I absolutely agree with them and the ACLU and the NAACP on this issue. Disclosure is an evil weapon that should not be taken out of Pandora's box. And I think we can end on that. Thank you, Scott, again for joining us. Uh, that's our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you next week.